Thank you for such a great welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be back with you and to see your new facility and to see what God is doing among you. Absolutely awesome. Why don't we give the Lord the glory tonight? Let's give Him the honor for what He's about to do in our lives. We honor you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We give you all the glory. You paid the price for our freedom at Calvary. And we thank you tonight for all you'll do this weekend. Amen. Praise the Lord. We'll give someone a high five before you sit down. Thank you, musicians. Awesome. Well, wonderful. Great to be with you and great to have so many people. Some have traveled such a long way. And uh, I want to just before I start and, and, and to share, thank you so much, Jürgen and Leanne, for having us here. We just love being with you and we just honor you for the, just the great work you've done, just getting this whole facility up. Just fantastic. It's really great. What a great church you are. We're just looking forward to what God will do. So just a few things, just a few practical things. And uh, people coming tonight, some of you will have no idea. You've just come because someone told you to come and uh, kept asking until you said yes. And then you're sitting thinking, I wonder why I'm here (laughs) and what might happen. (laughs) And some of you will be thinking, well, when's the exorcism begin? (laughs) And uh, so there'll be all kinds of thoughts about different things. So the first thing to, to realize is uh, our journey with, into freedom and wholeness, it's a journey, it's a process, not just a one-off. So if you're just looking for a one-off, I think you won't get what you're looking for. But if you just say, God, I'm opening my life this weekend in a whole new way, I'm expecting to come in a new level of freedom, Lord, just begin to speak to me, and what I believe will happen is God will help you where you are. And uh, second thing is that the things that are supernatural are not necessarily spectacular. So don't look for the spectacular, just look for God to come and touch you and help you in some way. And uh, someone next to you may be spectacular and spin around and fall on the ground and scream and yell and all that, but it doesn't have to be you, okay? It'd be good if it was you, though. I would really like that. I like it when it gets action-packed and there's a lot of stuff happens. But it doesn't need it. You don't have to have any major manifestations to get set free. So... During the time of sharing, we'll, I'll share, lace, I always want to lay a word foundation so you have understanding about what's happening or you have an experience with little understanding of what's going on and the part you play in it. So for example, we know Jesus died for, for every person in the world, but there's a part we have to play in order to get saved. See, and so we know that on the cross, Jesus paid the price for every person to be forgiven, but to be forgiven, there's a part you play in the process. It's not just like, you know, if, if God was going to save everyone, they'd all be saved now. So there's a, the need for people to hear the word of God, for faith to arise and a response to be made. And so, uh, and Jesus constantly said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. So coming tonight, you'll be in different levels of faith, different levels of expect- expectancy, and that's okay to be where you are. And I just encourage you to just take the next step, whatever that happens to be for you, in your journey into freedom. Now, when we're sharing and uh, what will happen is uh, there's a flow of anointing starts to come and you may start to find yourself feeling uncomfortable. So spirits can manifest any time in a meeting and I'm never sure when they will or whether they will or what. Uh, I just never know. It's one of the great unknowns. 
And uh, I actually love it when it happens, but it, sometimes it's, it happens and suddenly something will, someone will begin to, the, the spirit that's in them will begin to manifest its presence because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And they may not have known that they had a spirit, they may never have realized that, and then suddenly they find that there's something happening in their body that they've got no control over or little control over. And so if you experience something like that or something like that happens, like for example, I had one meeting in Singapore, I was up there, I just started to talk about the Holy Spirit, I hadn't even got preaching, so I'd just talk about the Holy Spirit and the, and the, and the cleaner walked in and she, <laughs> she walked in up the top there and she had a broom in her hand and she just shook her fist at me, she said, why you come here, why you do this to me? And I think, whoa, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just barely getting started, but, but she was actually, the Spirit was manifesting. And uh, so sometimes we have that, and that's why I love going up to Asia. I have a lot of that happen up there. <laughs> but, but sometimes in the atmosphere of the presence of God, spirits will manifest. We're going to show you a story in the ministry of Jesus where exactly this happens, so you realize it's not just some wild thing or something stirred up. It's actually something that's in the Bible. And so when, when spirits manifest, if I was to ask, if you've got a demon, you'd probably say no. Because uh, demons don't normally come in and announce, I'm here. You know, they don't sort of do that, you know. Uh, they come in by stealth. In the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God's a kingdom of light. Uh, we know who we are opening our life to. We know the Holy Spirit's the one coming in. Where it's a kingdom of light. The kingdom of the devil's a kingdom of darkness and deception. Therefore, you never know how or when you opened your life. All you do is have a problem that you got used to living with and think, that's just me. And, and so it, there's a deception of it. So part of what I need to do is just open the Word of God for you for a little so you begin to start to think about your life and you may begin to realize, hey, that thing that I think is just me actually is a spirit operating. And that, that area where I was involved in before I got saved, I've opened my life to some things. And so I want you to just allow God to help you understand that. Now, what can happen is then spirits can get stirred up inside people even while I'm just talking like this. And uh, what happens is the presence of the, of the Holy Ghost comes and the demon which was hidden begins to uh, get uh, frightened or angry or hostile at what's happening and begins to start to manifest within a person. So what, what you might feel, uh, for example, during the meetings, you may feel at some point in the meetings, either while I'm speaking or while we're ministering, you may start to feel highly agitated inside. That's not you being agitated, that's a spirit being agitated. Or you might, might find you suddenly feel a tremendous fear grip you. Now, that's not you being afraid. That's a spirit being afraid, but expressing its feelings in you. So you think it's your fear, but it actually it's the spirit is terrified. Uh, you may feel like you just got this panic thing. I got to get out of here. I just got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. And, and yet you can't somehow get out of there. That's not you that's wanting to get out of there. That's the demon. I encourage you to stay and let the demon leave. You know, <laughs> it's a better way of doing it, eh? And, uh, or you may find as, as I begin to talk, you start to get very angry. And you're angry at me and you think, I think I should kill that man. And uh, it, it's happened. I, I went and remember going into a meeting and sitting down in a meeting in Taiwan. Just sat down and I turned around and looked at a guy. And as soon as I looked at him, I thought, oh, he started to manifest. And he said, I want to kill you. <laughs> I said, you have to get in the line, mate. There's others before you. But he, he actually couldn't speak any English at all. It's the spirit. See, he had no words of English whatsoever. It was the demon. 
And uh, so when you're not used to spiritual manifestation, all you've got is Hollywood's model, then you kind of just haven't got a clue really. So if you have some of those feelings take place inside, you feel uh, uh, agitated, you feel uh, fear or panic, want to run away, you feel like you want to attack me, or you find that your thoughts like a hand just grips your head and you suddenly feel frozen and you can't think or focus on much of what I'm saying, that is a spirit manifesting. And we'll give an opportunity for you to be prayed for and minister to, get set free, or whatever that is. And often there's not just one, there's often a group of them together, and so deliverance can be progressive and over two or three sessions. So tonight we will have an altar call, but I don't try and fix up everything. Uh, over tomorrow we'll have several altar calls after I've just laid out a little more foundation. And I encourage you to come up and let God do whatever he wants to do in your life. Let him help you. And uh, you'll be, you might be quite surprised what happens. You know, it's that person next to you who's got the issue, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Tell them, turn the person next to you, say, you need to listen to this. I'm thinking it's about you, you know. <laughs> Is this ringing bells? <laughs> Great. Well, we're not going to be all spooky and ooh like that. We want to just stay in the flow of the life of God and the joy of the Holy Ghost. So uh, I'll get to share a couple of stories on the way. I've got heaps of stories of stuff that you'll love. And, uh, but let's just get to start opening the Word of God, first of all. Why don't you do, look with me in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. And I want to look just at the uh, uh, ministry of Jesus so you understand a little bit about what he did. And, uh, and then when you see it and understand it, you realize, oh, it's not such a big deal after all. It's just something I haven't been aware of. And uh, verse 38, now God anointed <clears throat> Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Notice he's describing the ministry of Jesus, the ministry of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Notice what he says. He anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. The power of God came on him as a result of prayer, fasting, and prevailing and establishing his dominion over evil spirits. He had a season where he was anointed with the Spirit, then a season of prayer and fasting, and as the outcome of that, he returned, Luke 4.14, in the power of the Spirit. And God wants us to have the power of the Spirit in our life. And uh, to do that, we need to be free of the other powers that are around. It said, he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. Now, the word oppressed is a Greek word that means something like this, to use spiritual force or power and hold someone down. To use spiritual force or power and to hold someone down. And one of the most common things that people feel after they've been delivered, they say, oh, I feel much lighter, meaning there was something holding me down. It's lifted off me right now. And that word comes, uh, it's the word kenodonesco, which means, comes from the word down, to hold someone down. And the word donesco coming from a, a, a word where we get dunamis or spiritual power, Holy Ghost or supernatural power. So we're called to be filled with the dunamis of the Holy Ghost, the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus was anointed with the dunamis of the Holy Ghost, but it says here that the devil oppressed or uses spiritual power, dunamis, to hold people down. So we desperately need the power of the Holy Ghost in our life if we're going to carry the gospel into a culture which is infested with demonic operations. 
So Jesus had in mind that they would go to cultures where idolatry was open, where they would have encounters with sorcerers, all kinds of occult things. They needed the power of the Holy Ghost and power to be able to overcome another power. Now, you can't overcome demons with medication. You can't overcome demons with willpower. You can't overcome demons with just trying hard to do good. You just can't. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. And so he healed or he, he addressed the root causes in people's life so that they were freed from the power of spirits that held them down. Now, I want to just touch on this just for a moment. I want to just use a word that uh, often people equate, that they, they think about the new age when they think of this. I use the word spiritual energy. I want to describe what it's like when a spirit is operating in your life. And there are many ways this happens, but I want to describe Because you'd ask the question, well, how would I know if I have a spirit? And there are many ways you can know. But one of the most obvious ways is this, is that when a, when a spirit is in a person's life and is operating, uh, one of the most obvious ways it does is that there's a spiritual pressure that seems to restrain or restrict them or drive them. In <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 and 2, it says that before we came to Christ, we were dead in trespass and sin. We were separated from God. And then it says, now notice it says, we walked, that's how we lived our life, according to the course of the world, according, now notice this, to that spirit which works in the children of disobedience. That word work is a word, energeo, meaning to energize, or a spirit energizing something in your life. So many of the struggles and problems that people have, they come because sin works in their life, or demons energize things in their life, so that there's a pressure and you can't seem to get over it. And there's a number of uses of that word. For example, if I, I'll just give you a couple of them, just, just to give you uh, uh, some examples of it. It, it says uh, in, uh, well, let's see if I can get it now. It says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, it's God who works in you to will and to do of his good will. That's the word energize. God energizes you. So the, the, the operation of the Holy Spirit is called energizing you to be able to do the will of God. So when an evil spirit is inside you, it energizes you to violate the will of God, to actually live in bondage and live restricted and restrained. See? And so every time you see that word energeo, it's the word energize. So evil spirits energize something in your life. Now, they have to have something to work with. And so they work on an unresolved issue, a sin, uh, an iniquity, a cursing, they work on traumas, they work on unresolved barriers or walls or sins or conflicts in the heart. And we'll identify those tomorrow for you. I'll identify and give you a list of them so you become aware of the kinds of things that they energize. So part of the issue is getting the person delivered, the spirit out of them. But you do that by coming to deal with the thing that it is energizing. So for example, if you have in your heart a deep hatred against a, um, perhaps it's a woman being abused by a man. And so as a reaction to being hurt, she develops a deep hatred in her heart. Then a spirit energizes the hatred. And so you have hatred, the sin, and you have hatred, a spirit of hate. And the spirit of hate energizes the sin. So it becomes something the person can't seem to break out of. And they feel trapped in this bondage they can't seem to break out of. They're 
held down or captive by this evil spirit. And so in dealing with the person, you have to not just get the spirit out, you've got to deal with what it energized inside them, which was the sin issue that was in their heart and possibly the grief and the pain and the anguish of what happened to them in their life. So all of us face many different experiences and and all of us have had painful experiences in our life and it's often in those trauma or painful experiences that demons ride in and get into your life and use them to energize your heart so that you're held in bondage to that thing that happened in your past. So all of us have got a history, all of us got a past and it doesn't all get dealt with when you become a Christian. Potentially it is at the cross but it has to be realized by appropriating it through faith. And so we've got to step up and take hold of it by faith. Any idea? Okay, then. So Jesus healed all who were oppressed of him. Let's have a look at a guy in Acts, uh, in Luke chapter uh, 4, verse 33. Luke 4, verse 33. Luke 4. Now, here's a guy that Jesus delivers. So I'm going to look at an example of Jesus delivering a person. Then we're going to look at what he taught about deliverance. And uh, so... Here it is, Jesus is in a synagogue. A synagogue was a place where believers congregated. So this is a place of believers. Many Christians struggle with the thought that a Christian could have a demon. Their thinking is, well, you know, Christians, uh, temple of the Holy Spirit, got the Holy Spirit in you, a demon can't live where the Holy Spirit is, and the Holy Spirit won't live where the demon is, therefore you can't have a demon and be a Christian, or you can't be a Christian and have a demon. But if you, that's faulty and flawed thinking, and it shows lack of understanding. The Holy Spirit is joined to our spirit, and he is one spirit with us. But demons occupy your body and your soul. That's where they find their place of access, and they don't just stop because you become a Christian. They stop when you drive them out. They stop when you remove the issues associated with them. And so here, here's a guy now, for example, he's, he's a believer. Jesus said, Deliverance is the children's bread. In other words, he said in Matthew 15, he said, Deliverance, being set free from demons, is the children's bread. Or in other words, it is the right of believers. It's the privilege of believers to have the experience of deliverance. So if we deliver someone who's got a demon and they're not saved, the demon's just going to come straight back in. So deliverance is not so much just about casting a demon out. It's about establishing the kingdom of Jesus Christ in the person's life. So they have to come under another king and bring the part of their life that's out of order into kingdom order. And when it comes into kingdom order, then deliverance is very easily brought about. Get an idea? Okay, so here's a guy who's in church. And uh, so verse 33, in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And many times Jesus cast demons out of people in church meetings. And, uh, and so Jesus in the church meeting. So he's preaching away and sharing the word of God. And here it is, a man with an unclean spirit. So he's got a spirit, most likely a spirit of lust. And he's tormented inside in his mind and emotions, tormented with sexual thoughts, sexual images, sexual desires, and most likely breaks out and commits sin from time to time. He's in the church indicating his desire is to serve God, but he's tormented. He is not free. He's in the body of believers, but he's tormented in his life, and he's living only a measure of freedom. There's a greater level of freedom, more like a new level of normal that he is to come into this day. So he's in the church, and as he's in there, uh, Jesus begins to speak, and the anointing flows, and notice what the demon does. He cries out with a loud voice. 
Now what's happening is this, is the demon is aware of who Jesus is. Now when we look at one another, we see only the external. So you look and you see the house the person lives in. The real person is the hidden man of the heart. So the real you is the spirit man with the soul inside the temple, that body that you live in. So we look at one another, we see the outside. From the spirit world, they see what the real man is like. So the demon recognized Jesus immediately, knew exactly who he was. The people in the congregation didn't know who he was, but the demon knew who he was, recognized him straight away. And so the demon was highly agitated and afraid. So notice what it does, it begins to yell out. Now, I've had that happen a few times in church. I've had it happen on more than one occasion in church, and I've had it happen out in the community, had it happen in restaurants, I've had it happen in (laughs) public places, especially when we've been in a flow of uh, doing deliverance. And people suddenly will just yell out with no reason at all. I had a friend of mine, and uh, he was standing at the airport, and he's just waiting for someone. He's watching people coming in, in and out, and, and he just saw this woman come. She's not nicely dressed, power dressed, uh, in a briefcase. And he looked in her eyes, and the moment he looked in her eyes, a spirit flushed up. And she came over. Now, get this. This is an airport, public place. She came over, went, <laughs> and then she walked off, just like that, like nothing had happened. I was in a hospital one time, and uh, Joe and I had been talking, sharing with someone about the, the Lord. We walk in just down a corridor, an old man walking in a nice suit, hat, everything, and he walks, and he got about as far as this guy in the orange shirt is from us. Then he started yelling. He started yelling and yelling and yelling and yelling. We're thinking, whoa, what is this? And he just walks by, and the moment he walked by, stopped yelling. and carried on like nothing had happened. See, the spirit was manifesting. And uh, so that's what happened here. Notice what the demon says, leave us alone. Ah, what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? We, did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So you notice, the de- notice some things. As the demon recognizes who Jesus is, recognizes he's anointed, recognizes the Son of God, knows exactly who he is. Just as demons know exactly who you are, and they know exactly the faith level that you have. They see you. We'll see this in a moment. And so, it's, it, so they cry, leave us alone. So this is the demon's prayer. Leave us alone. They're tormented by the, 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 the authority, the anointing that Jesus carries. It frightens them. He terrifies them. And you need to understand that when you go as a representative of Jesus Christ in the anointing of the Holy Ghost, they don't see you, they see Him, and they're terrified of Him. They're terrified of Him. He overcame them in His ministry on the earth. He overcame them at the cross in the most amazing way. So leave us alone. What are we to do with you? Have you come to destroy us? So demons know about their future. They're terrified of it. Absolutely. And he said, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So the demons are aware of people. I remember uh, when I was, uh, I took, I was just beginning out in deliverance minister and uh, this guy was manifesting and I, I went around to his house to kind of get him free. And I, I bought one of the guys from church with me. thought that's a good move. So I took him around with me. And so we met the guy and he's a very big guy, a wrestler, very you know, you know, he could have pulled us apart quite easily, really. And, and he immediately, you know, I looked him in the eye, the demon manifest comes straight up and he begins to start to challenge me. And so I just stared straight in at him and uh, he began to threaten me and he had showed unusual strength. He picked up an apple. He said, I'm going to crush you like this apple. And he took an apple. Now, you know how hard this is. Got an apple in his left hand and just crushed it and it become pulp. You know, and I said, I come against you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, then he picks up a chair. So I'm going to pull you apart like this. And he gets a chair, just goes, pulls it apart. And I just stayed 
confident I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And so he backed up. Then he looked at the guy that was next to me and he looked. Now, the guy next to me sort of, whoa, what is this? You know? <laughs> and he looked at him and I saw him look and he looked again. Then he just began to laugh and he read the guy's mail about what was going wrong in his life. See, so I realized then spirits can see the condition of your life. And I'll show you it quite clearly from Jesus' teaching in a moment. So you, you may be able to, you, you know, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> we are open and vulnerable to the spirit world. We actually are visible to them in a way that we're not visible to one another. And so therefore, if there are legal grounds for demons to access your life, they know it and exploit it. A legal ground. So uh, many people think, well, you know, does God punish people and all this kind of stuff? Actually, God has set laws in place. So he doesn't have to intervene on everything. There are natural laws govern the natural world. You have laws of gravity. And we rely on those laws to live our life. But there's also laws govern the spirit world as well. And so one of the things is that the consequence of violating one of God's laws is always that there's a spiritual death. There's a, there's, an, there's a separation or disconnection in our life takes place. Always. There's no escape. There is no escape. God has declared, here's the consequences. You've got the choice on what you do, but the consequences are always going to be there. So Adam and Eve were told free will choice, but here's the consequences if you break the law of God. And so there's always a consequence that we reap in our life as a result of sin. Uh, Second thing is that evil spirits are empowered to operate. They are lawfully, they have a realm that they operate in. It's the realm of darkness. It's the realm where the laws of God are broken. So wherever the laws of God are broken, whether, whether you knew it or not is irrelevant. They operate in those places. So, for example, you go down the road and uh, it's, uh, you know, 50 mile per hour area and you go 65 and the cop stops you and you say, I didn't know. It's no, it's not a defense. You understand? The law is still the law. Whether you knew it or not is not relevant. You broke the law, there is a consequence. So in the realm of the spirit, when we break the laws of God, whether ignorantly or deliberately, there is always a consequence. And one of the consequences is we reap what we've sown. There's a consequence immediately inside us. There's an eternal consequence. And also, demonic spirits have access to our life because of those actions. So while I live in the light, they don't have access to me. When I go into the darkness or break the laws of God, they have a realm where they can gain access. And this is what's happened in this guy here. This demon didn't just arrive in his life there was a door opened in his life by his actions. He did something that opened his life up. Think about that. He did something that gave a legal right for the spirit to come in. And as a result of that, now he's tormented and probably he sinned more and more and more. Now he's got this major bondage in his life. Notice how Jesus deals with it. Jesus is not afraid of the demon. He just rebukes him, speaks directly to it. He rebuked the demon, spoke straight to the spirit. So when we come to ministering to people, we will speak directly to the Spirit. So sometimes I'll be talking to you, and when it comes to ministry, it'll be speaking directly to the evil spirit. And when we speak directly to the evil spirit, they know we're speaking to them. They know it. 
you know, and that's when they begin to react and so on. So usually I'll speak with a different tone of voice when I'm speaking to a person, speaking more gently, speaking to a demon. It'll be straight and strong. You see, firm. Notice Jesus rebuked him. Be quiet. Come out. And the demon threw him on the ground. It protested. It did not want to leave. It was reluctant to leave, but it had to leave because it was facing a superior spiritual authority. So the spirit world recognizes your spiritual rank and authority. Think about that. And when we come, we're coming representing Jesus Christ, and they already understand that they have been defeated by him. All they'll do is test out, if you're going to pray for people, whether you believe it or not. Are <laughs> they right? So, and then the guy, it says straight away afterwards, it didn't hurt him. He came up and he wasn't hurt at all. And he just, so sometimes when we pray for people, they manifest, they fall on the floor. It can, it can be uh, uh, shaking, crying, screaming, yelling. Uh, it can be fighting around on the floor. It can be all kinds of things. But most of the time, people get free quite easily. Once the root system has been dealt with in their life. Hey, man. Okay, have a look in, in Matthew chapter 12. I want to show you something else. Do a couple more scriptures and... Uh, and hopefully some of you are starting to wriggle. <laughs> Not the person next to you, that's you, I can see it. <laughs> I will be surprised just how, how, what God is doing, just even while we're talking right now. And so some of you are looking and smiling, and others go, well, I'm glad you came because God wants to set you free. So don't be worried about those things, you know. It's, it's be open to the Holy Ghost. So we're just trying to learn about deliverance because some of you come from cultures or church cultures where there's no teaching on deliverance and so therefore it's sort of something weird or found in Hollywood only. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and, and we need to have understanding this is a, just a part of Jesus' ministry that he entrusted to the church. He's entrusted this to the church. So you need, we need this kind of ministry. So anyways, have a look and see what Jesus said. He's just delivered a man in verse 22, and then he, he gets a reaction from the religious people who hate this kind of stuff. And he, he responds in verse 28, If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God is come upon you. Now notice what Jesus said. He said, If I cast out spirits by, demons by the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you. So deliverance is a manifestation of the kingdom of God being superior than the kingdom of the devil. It is a prevailing of the kingdom of God. It is the kingdom of God coming in the earth as it is in heaven. No demons in heaven. So when deliverance takes place, the kingdom of heaven comes and begins to be established in a new way in an area of the person's life they were not free. And uh, notice the second thing, it says, if I cast them out. So deliverance always requires some person to act as a representative of heaven to speak, address, and command the demons to go from a person's life. If I cast them out by the Spirit of God. So there's a cooperation. It requires the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We can't do deliverance without the Holy Ghost. You can go through all the motions. You can shout, make all the noise you like. If the Holy Spirit doesn't come, there isn't going to be any deliverance. Now, here's the thing to realize. You can come up for prayer and have someone lay hands on you or pray for you, but God knows your heart, and he knows the readiness of your heart to be set free. And so if we are open to him and, and, we, and the Holy Spirit is come upon our life, we will get delivered. There's absolutely no doubt about it at all. 
But if we just come, we say, well, I'll come up and just see what happens. There's no faith for anything to happen. Probably very little will happen. Jesus said, according to your faith, it's done to you. So, so deliverance is a cooperation between a person, uh, the Holy Ghost, and also requires a cooperation of the person being prayed for. Many times Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. So when you recognize, hey, this is the problem, Jesus, I, I know exactly what I've got to do to position myself for freedom, then freedom will come. It's absolutely certain. Now, so Jesus then teaches a little bit about it and teaches something very, he gives an insight to the spirit world. When we talk about the spirit world, we live in, the, in a Western culture. People don't think of a spirit world. They tend to think primarily of a natural world. But there are many cultures in the world where actually their, their worldview is a spirit worldview. And so in a, in a, people having a so Jesus teaches about the spirit world. Notice what he said. When the unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest, but finds none. What he's saying now is a demon is a spirit being. It's a spirit being. You are a spirit being. You live in a body. You're actually anchored to one place. You live in a body. You are a spirit being. Uh, as a spirit being, you have access to the realm of the spirit. You have access to God. You can open your life to all kinds of things. So your body is the house you as a spirit being live in. Now, when a demon comes into the person like that, it says the unclean spirit goes out of the man. He goes through dry places seeking rest. So when a spirit is cast out of a person, it can move from one place to another. In fact, generally, they move really quickly when they're cast out. Gone like that. And so demons will move. And what they do is they go to a dry place. That's a place where there's no movement of the Spirit of God. And they look for a place of rest. I mean, they're not looking for some place to lie down. They're looking for uh, some place they feel comfortable in. They're looking for some place or person that's in agreement with them. They're looking for an entry into another person's life. So when an evil spirit comes out of a person, it goes through... Uh, it, goes, it walks and travels in the spirit world, but it's looking for some other person they can enter into. Looking for a place to enter. Now, demons can occupy or, or come into a building. They live in a building, particularly a building where there's been a trauma, uh, a murder or some kind of violent thing, where there's been idolatry of some kind or spiritism of some kind. Spirits can live in a building. And when people come in a house, perhaps you've been in a house, you bought a house, and then you find that once you're in the house, Many troubles come while you're in the house. There's conflicts, there's coldness in the house, there's, there's a funny atmosphere in the place, people get sick. Now, all of that indicates most likely a spirit is in the house. And, uh, or you may even see the spirit manifest, uh, which we had in the first one, the first school house we went to live in. Spirit manifested one night when I went to bed and I saw it. Freaked me out completely. But it made me determined to get to, get to deal with these things because I saw they're real. So spirits can move around. They seek a place they can go into a, a building, go into objects. They can go into animals. Uh, but mostly they want to get inside a person so they can express their nature through the person. You are designed by God to express his nature. Demons want to frustrate that, get into you, and express their nature by holding you down in bondage so you continually have a problem you can't seem to get the victory over. Fear, lust, uh, hate, bitterness, unforgiveness, a whole range of things like that. Okay, notice it said, uh, he said, he goes to the place seeking rest. He didn't, can't find a place to go. Then he says, so demons can speak and they can think. They have a memory. They have a personality. 
says, he says, I will return to my house from which I've come. So the demon remembers where he was. He can actually remember. And he calls a person my house. So uh, <laughs> that's a freaky thought, isn't it? Eh? We're called to be the temple of God, not a haunted house. <laughs> oh, scary. Yeah. So he says, I'll return to my house. And says, when he comes, he says he finds it. Now, that's an interesting thought. If we cast the demons out and they go out and he can't find another place to go, he thinks, I know where I should go. I should come back to my house. I should come back. And notice here's the interesting thing. You can run, you can't hide. They can find you. Jesus taught it. The demon finds the person again. And notice the other thing is the demon can see clearly what the condition of the person is. How about that? He finds the house empty. Notice it's empty, not filled with the Holy Ghost, just empty. Cleaned up, looking good, but empty. Okay? So the, the remedy is not just that I get set free of a demon. I need to become filled with the Spirit and flown with the Holy Ghost, that part of my life. Right? So he finds him empty. And it says, then, he, then he says, he takes seven other wicked spirits, uh, spirits more wicked than himself. They enter in and dwell there. And the last state is worse than the first. So notice now, if a demon has been cast out, it can come back. It can see the condition of your life and it can re-enter and it can communicate. Spirits communicate with one another. They've got their own spirit internet. They can communicate. They talk with one another and they'll work as a group to come in and to bring a person's life into bondage. So what's the answer then? The answer is that the person needs to get their life filled with the Holy Ghost and a change in life. If I want kingdom life, I need kingdom order. I need to bring my life into a flow of the new. So it's not just a matter of getting the demon cast out. I've got to shift now in how I do my thinking, how I do my life, and letting the Holy Ghost work in my life in that area. So I've got to put on the new, not just cast off the old. There's no neutrality in the kingdom of God. You're either going forward with God or you're going back and you're going into darkness. So if we get delivered out of darkness, we must purpose we're now going forward in that part of our life with God. We're growing with God. We're enlarging. Like Jürgen said, there's a, there's a new normal. Right? So, so this, is, so this is, gives an insight then to deliverance, what deliverance is all about. And you get an idea then of, of uh, what spirits are. Demons are spirit beings. They, they don't die when the person dies. They can move from one generation to another. They sometimes live in family lines going from one generation to another. They can move about. They can talk with one another. They communicate with one another. They think. They have strategies. They have a memory. They know where they've been, and they can find that person and go back into them if an opportunity is given. So in Ephesians 4.27, it says, Give no opportunity to the devil. Don't give a foothold to the devil. Don't create in your life by your choices an opportunity for evil spirits to come in and put your life into bondage. Now, notice the context. This context, he's talking to believers. He's saying, be angry but sin not. Don't let the sun go down your anger. So do Christians get angry? Yeah, 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 right, they do. Yeah? And he shows how to deal with anger. And then straight after that, in the same flow of teaching, neither give place to the devil. Don't give the devil a place to come into your life. So a person can, by their choices or their actions, make room for a demon to come into their life. And so the question then is, well, what are those doorways that demons would come in? And if a demon comes in, what would I experience inside? And the whole range of things you could experience. 
For some of you, if you've been involved in the occult or there's been occult involvement in your family, you may find that you are troubled by uh, fears, uh, confusion. You may find that there are things move in your bedroom. You may find that there are things you see at night, uh, premonitions you have, uh, uh, terrible dreams you have. You may wake up choking, coughing. You may wake up feeling like someone's trying to kill you. You may see things move in your room. They have objects move in your room. All of those indicate there's an occult realm is operating. There's a familiar spirit operating around your life. If you have any of those kind of things. Some of you may have had an experience where it felt like you were pinned on the bed and something was touching you or molesting you. That is an evil spirit. That comes from a realm where either you or your family were involved in the occult. Those things happen. And normally people won't talk about it because they feel too embarrassed to talk about it. That if I say something, no one will believe me. I believe you because I've prayed for many people and we've seen them set free from those kind of spirits. So, so when spirits come into our life, they can afflict us in many different kind of ways. They can afflict you in your mind with tormenting thoughts, tormenting memories, tormenting uh, uh, um, uh, dominating thoughts in your life. They can torment you in your emotions with fears, uh, all kinds of pain and trauma. They can affect you in your body with physical sicknesses. There are many ways they can afflict us. They can afflict us constantly bringing uh, uh, difficulties and setbacks in our life. So these are ways that spirits come and affect people's lives. So I want to just, uh, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on this. I want to just give you just a a brief rundown of some of the doors of entry. And then we're going to start to pray for some people. We'll just finish up just praying for a few people. And uh, I want you just to have, I I felt like before I finish tonight, I just want to list the doors of entry just to get you thinking before you go to bed about your life. Now, I don't, you don't need to come up just tonight in the altar call. If, you, if, you're not, if you'd really just prefer, I'd like to think about this and pray about this overnight, just take in what I've heard, that's fine. We'll have altar calls tomorrow. There'll be more than one, and I'll be quite specific what we're praying for. But let me just give you some of the doorways that spirits enter people's lives. And uh, tomorrow we'll develop them just a bit more. First one is uh, generational, coming down through your family line. Generational, coming through your family line. Just as sicknesses can run in a family, uh, also spiritual problems can run in a family. Uh, uh, There can be spiritual uh, uh, spirits just past one generation or another, especially if there's there's been a cult, sexual sin, sexual perversion, those kind of things. People are just born with spirits in them, and they start to operate often when they're young, sometimes when they're teenagers, and sometimes when they're older. But uh, this is generational. We're called to carry generational blessing, and we can pass generationally physical characteristics. We can pass spiritual characteristics as well. So if a demon has come into a family line, now you think about this. The victory that you secure for yourself over this weekend changes the dynamic in your family line. Okay? Someone is depending on your breakthrough. Someone is waiting for you to break through. If you're a single person and you haven't got married, no children yet, then your family ahead of you are waiting for you to break through. It's interesting, Jürgen was speaking tonight about the the, the Gadarene, how Jesus crossed the waters to get the Gadarene. Uh, The other part of the story is that man's testimony so influenced the whole region that when Jesus came back, the whole region turned to him. Isn't that fantastic?
Okay, so one of them is generational iniquity, uh, bondages run down through family line. Another one is involvement in the occult, any kind of occult activity, any kind of engagement activity with the spirit world. Uh, uh, we'll talk a bit more about these tomorrow. Uh, another is the area of uh, sin patterns or habits in your life. Uh, repeated patterns of sin, such as bitterness, forgiveness, hatred, anger, those kinds of things. Uh, these create doorways for demons to come in. Jesus even taught at Matthew 18 that a person who will not forgive from the heart will be delivered to tormentors. See? And the reason is very simple, is when we come to him, he extends grace to us. To stay in grace, we have to extend grace. See? To stay in grace, you have to extend grace. So if I extend grace to others and are forgiving, then I stay in the grace of forgiveness in my own life. And Jesus made it very clear. You know, when you stand praying, forgive, you'll be forgiven. You won't forgive, then you're not forgiven. The, the man in that story, Matthew 18, I remember how he was forgiven. And then later on, the forgiveness seemed to have been revoked and he's now tormented. Why is that? The only reason I could see it is he came into grace and it was expected of him he would extend grace to stay in grace. So we need to live in grace, not judgment. Okay then, so, uh, so sin habits, uh, uh, sin patterns in our life. Uh, another is sexual sin. Sexual sin is one of the unique ways, and we'll talk about that a bit more tomorrow, is one of the unique doors that opens the way for spirits to come in and torment people. Just as you can get a physical disease when you have, uh, sleep with someone, have sexual relationship with them, you can also pick up or open your life to demonic spirits. What it, I'll give you a simple key in it. It's very simple. Two become one. So legally, see, God spoke that. It's not my idea. He said two become one. So when you are sexually joined to someone, God says two become one. So whatever was in the other person's got legal access to you. Think about that. And you have also, if you had sexual relationship outside marriage, you've opened yourself up to being bonded to someone in an ungodly way and demons have a right to access you just because of that. And so people who have been in sexual relationships often live incredibly tormented and don't live in freedom. And, and, and of course, the, uh, it, the one of the most common places you become conscious of it is in a worship service. You come to worship the Lord and you start to find your mind, unclean thoughts come. There's someone on the stage, there's someone here, someone there. You start to find thoughts come back. So, and again, we'll touch on these a bit more tomorrow. Uh, so, uh, so trauma, trauma is not when people have gone through an emotional trauma or a, or a frightening experience, near-death experience, traumatic experience of some kind, an assault or an abuse of some kind, then that can open the door for spirits as well. Inevitably, it does. And there'll be some of you here who have been abused. We'll, we'll talk about that more tomorrow. I don't want to hurry you into the process because there's some parts to it you need to understand. But when people have been traumatized... They often are so tied to the abuse and the abuser, and it's like they cannot get rid of the thing. And most people will try to then block it off, but they're not healed. Uh, generally, what the church has said, you need to move on. You need to just get over it, or you need to forgive. And the person being abused thinking, forgive, I feel like I'll kill you, you know. <laughs> You don't understand what happened to me. 
So I'll, I'll, we'll touch on that a bit more tomorrow because that's quite a, a major area. So uh, the area of rejection where people are rejected in different ways creates huge issues in the heart and spirits use it to manipulate and to, man to, to push on people so they live rejected and in fear of rejection, unable to step out into things because of immense fears around their life. Uh, so that's another area uh, where there's been abusive or controlling relationships. This always leads to deep bondage and deep mental torments and uh, we need to pull apart the structures that the demons use to get the person under control. And so I'll share about some of those tomorrow. I'll share some of the bondages of the heart, which are quite common. And you'll, tick, you'll mentally tick them off just, oh, wow, 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 wow. I've got to deal with that. Wow. See? Uh, uh, if a person has an abortion, an abortion uh, in the Old Testament, they offer their children up to Molech. Abortion is a modern variation of offering your children to Molech. And uh, it opens the door to spirits of death and spirit. And that's why if a woman has an abortion, not only should she suffer uh, for the rest of her life, but very often there's a problem in the, with the next conception. There's a problem with miscarriage, a problem with bleeding, problem with uh, cancers, or the next child is uh, when, when the child's born suffers with demonic spirits because they were in a womb that now had been opened for the access of a spirit of death and murder. And the child, a child in the womb feels and is aware of spiritual sensations, even though the brain isn't developed. And just think about this. When, when Mary came to, uh, uh, to Elizabeth and she began to sp speak prophetically, John, in the mother's womb, probably six months old, leapt in response to the prophetic unction. So, so children in the womb are very, very uh, uh, sensitive to the moods of the mother, the, the spirit of the mother, the emotions of the mother, and any spiritual uh, influences that are around. So we have found that when a mother has rejected a child in the womb because it was untimely, out of wedlock or unwanted or whatever, the child often then struggles to bond with the mother and has rejection issues all their life and behavior problems which can't be explained unless you say it's actually a demonic spirit that's come upon the child while they were still in the womb. You know idea? See, this, this is why Jesus said, you know, preach the gospel, heal the sick, and deliver people. This is a problem. This is a problem. Okay, so why don't, we just, uh, why don't we just stand up? Let's begin to just pray in tongues, shall we? We want to finish about 9 o'clock tonight. So why don't we just stand up and just turn around a little bit. And there you go. Shake up the demons. <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we just begin to speak in tongues now? Just begin to speak and speak out strong. Come on, we can do better than that. Come on, let's rise in our spirit. Now, when you're praying in tongues, your spirit is praying. You are stirring your inner man. This is helpful for your deliverance. We honor you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power in this place. Thank you for your desire to deliver us. Thank you for your mighty presence here tonight. We thank you, Lord. You are with us. You are for us. You will help us tonight. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. I want to just pray for just a few people tonight. There's one particular woman. And yet when I began to describe those, uh, those things that happen at night of spirits coming to torment you and choke you and, and create terrifying dreams and fears in the life, you said, that's me. That's been happening to me for as long as I can remember. Who's the woman that has that issue? There's a woman here. Oh, wow. Look at that. Okay, there's another one. There's another one too. I can feel it in my spirit. There's another one. When you're quite young, it's been coming on you since you are quite young. And you had these terrifying dreams that come at night. Do you like to just come? I'd like to come. Terrifying dreams. You wake up and it feels like I'm dying. I think I'm dying. What, what is going on here? That's right. It's all right, dear. It's okay, dear. Now, what what's happening is the spirit starting to manifest. That's okay. All right, then. Now, when we're praying for people, uh, if I'm not praying for you, I'm praying for someone else, I want you to reach out your hand to them. We're all in this together. We've got a common enemy, and we've got a loving Savior. And whoever's here tonight uh, that's, 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 that God is touching, let's be on their side and for them. So we've got someone behind you to stand with you, and uh, we'll help you in just a moment. When I mentioned to you that uh, there was someone here, and uh, when, when I was talking tonight about having feeling like you're pinned down on the... There's something there. You said, that's me. And, and if you could just have the courage to come forward, we'll pray with you. God will set you free of that. There's, there's two people, at least two people have got that issue. If that's you, just would you come? You felt like you'd been pinned on a bed. And it's all right, dear. Come, come. Come, hold on. But that's the Spirit just manifesting. That's right. That's right. It's okay. Just leave her there. She'll be all right there. Don't, don't worry. No need to worry about the fact that that's happening. It has been happening for some time, by the way. She was manifesting from about the beginning of the meeting. Is there anyone else? All right, then. Okay, then. Now, what you're seeing now is just a spirit manifesting. And in, in many of the different ones here, you'll be starting to feel something. What you'll be feeling is an agitation from inside. Now, this is how I'm going to, how I'm going to minister. I'm going to just lead you to just make a confession of your faith in Christ to renounce any occult bondage that's over your life and ask the Lord to set you free. After that, we'll lay hands on you and pray for you. When we pray for you, stop praying and just breathe out or cough. And you may feel something just rise up from inside you. You may feel your hands wanting to shake, whatever it is. Uh, and, and you may feel tears, whatever it is. Don't worry if you want to scream, you can scream. We're not worried about that. Now, already, some of the spirits are starting to manifest. Uh, you can see it over there. And just also with the girl here, if I just come near her, then the shaking will increase in her life. And that's just because there's a spirit there. It's all right. You don't, it's the spirit that's afraid, not you. And also we'll set you free in just a moment. All right, this is what I want you to do. Church, you stretch your hands to the ones who are up here. Ones who are up here, if it's possible for you at all to pray this prayer... Just please pray this prayer with us. Joe, I'd like to come up to you. I want you to pray. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. 
I confess Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus from every curse, from all occult powers, from the power of every evil spirit. I am redeemed. I belong to Jesus Christ. I renounce now every agreement in my family with evil spirits, with occult powers. I renounce them now in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you to forgive me and to set me free tonight. I release forgiveness to family members who opened the door to these spirits. I forgive them and bless them. Now, Lord, I claim freedom in Jesus' name. Satan, go from my life. Now in Jesus' name. Okay, let's begin to worship the Lord together.